Hey, you know something? Easter changes everything. Because Jesus conquered death and the grave, we don't have to fear anything. What were the first words the angel said after Jesus rose from the dead? Don't be afraid. What were the first words Jesus said after he rose from the dead? Don't be afraid. What were the first words the disciples heard Jesus say when he met them as a group? Don't be afraid. Guys, let me tell you, that is the message of Easter. And 2,000 years later, it is still relevant. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, 6.3 million Americans have a diagnosed phobia. The rest of us just haven't been to the doctor yet. Eh? A recent news article states, America is experiencing a fear wave. Fear flows not only from television shows and social media, but it flows from real-life experiences. If we had the ability this morning to project all of your fears that you have on the big screens, I wonder what we would see. Well, we would see your face and a long list of fears. Some of you this morning are afraid of what's going to happen next week at work. Some of you, quite frankly, are afraid you're going to lose your job. Some of you are afraid you're going to lose your marriage because you see it crumbling right before your eyes. Some of you are afraid you're going to lose your kid because you see your kid going in the wrong direction. Some of us are fearful for our health because we know there's something going on on the inside that's not quite right. We've gone to the doctor, they've ran some tests, and we are afraid this morning of the big C word. Some of you are afraid today that you're going to get caught up in harvest time traffic and not make it to the restaurant. One of our pastors, I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of our pastors has a son who asked him, Daddy, are you afraid of spiders? He bowed out his chest and said, No. The kid asked, Well, are you afraid of thunder or ghosts or robbers? He said, No. The kid then asked, Well, I guess mommy's the only thing you are afraid of then, right? <laughs> we call our fears many different names. We call it worry and tension anxiety and stress. One recent study examined 500 different people and discovered 7,000 different fears living inside of these 500 people. That's an average of 14 different fears per person. So church, listen, this is not some minor issue that Easter talks about when it says, don't be afraid. What do we know about fear? Well, we know it's contagious. You can catch it from other people. Huh? We, we know that it's limiting. Somebody said fear is the dark room where negatives develop. Either that or church, I don't know, but it happens there. We know that it's also draining. Have you ever just been worn out by your worries? But you know what? The most important thing we know about fear is this. God doesn't want you to live the rest of your life in fear. Ephesians 3.12, In Christ, we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We can do this 
through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to start a new series today about fear, all right? I've entitled this series, Don't Be Afraid, because you know what? You don't have to be afraid. I was going to name this particular message on Easter Sunday, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Fear But Were Afraid to Ask. But I decided not to because that would probably scare you. Yeah? You'd think we're going to be here all day. Yeah? We're not, uh, just for a little bit. But what this sermon is entitled is The Foundation of No Fear Living. And that's what I'm going to give you today. I'm going to give you the foundation that you can build your life on for no fear living. And once you've got this foundation established, then in the next few weeks we can talk about practical steps for overcoming fear and worry and anxieties and stress in your life. But there's got to be the foundation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to make it as simple as I can. In fact, it's as simple as ABC. What a great outline, right? right? It's that simple. A, foundation for no fear living is A, you accept God's love for yourself. I want to read to you out of 1 John chapter 4. There's a verse that's going to pop up on the screen, but I'm going to read the whole verse, okay? That's just part of the verse. Here's the verse out of the New King James translation. John says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. John has spent this whole letter talking about that perfect love that casts out fear. That perfect love is God's love for you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Perfect love casts out fear. He goes on to say, because fear involves torment. Really, that's what fear does. Fear torments us. It's a tool of the devil. The devil is going to wear you out and torment you through fear. He goes on to say, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now the Bible says there that the opposite of love is fear. And the opposite of fear is love. Did you know that love and fear can't operate in the same room? When love comes in the front door of your life, fear has to go out the back door of your life. Love is the antidote to fear. Now, as I see it, there are about three kinds of fear that you can have. The first is what I call surface fears. These are fears basically that happen on the surface. They're on the outside. They're things that you really can't do a a whole lot about, I don't guess, like the, the fear of spiders, the fear of snakes, the fear of darkness. How many of you, when you were a kid, were afraid of the dark? Be honest, come on, raise your hand. Oh, there's a bunch of liars in here. I'll, I'll meet you at the altar when it's all over you. I was afraid of the dark when I was a kid. You know, we lived out in the country in Midland, Texas, and, and I, I admit, I was a wimp when it came to, to bedtime. I was afraid, uh, and so I'd go sleep with my sister in her bed. And here's the, here's the stupid thing about that. She was afraid of the dark, too. Huh? And so we had this little light. I had a little light that was a kind of a, a lamp that you held. It's kind of like one that you'd see on a train, and you can move this little lever, and it'd go from, from just regular light to a red light to a green light. We'd sleep all night with that light between us. 
And then it dawned on me, what, what am I doing sleeping in the bed with my sister with this light on? I don't even like her. <laughs> and so I moved down the hall to my own room, but I was still afraid of the dark, you know. And sometimes I'd cry out, and here come my dad, and he'd lay with me for a while, but he'd get up and go back in his bed. I was left in the dark. So finally I talked to my mom and my dad into letting our dog sleep in the room with me. Now, Mom didn't want the dog running through the house using the bathroom on everything through the night, so I had to keep the dog on a leash that I'd tie on my, my bedpost at the end of my bed, and my little poodle named Pootie, <laughs> P-O-O-D-I-E, Pootie, there's a long story to that, but we're not going to get into it, Pootie would lay on the end of my bed, he'd curl up and he'd sleep on the end of my bed. But every night when the light was turned off, I'd, I'd make this deal with Pootie. I'd say, okay, Pootie, here's the deal. You got the door and the window, and I want to turn this way in the bed, and I got this window. He was guarding the door. He was guarding the window like a poodle. It's good, really. Yeah. And I was guarding the other window. I look back. That was so silly. I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. Yeah. That was just a surface fear that, that, that came and left. You know what? We all deal with these kind of surface fears. Like maybe you're afraid that next month you're not going to be able to pay your bills. Or you're driving down the road and you look at the needle on your gas tank and it's almost at E and you fear that you're not going to be able to, to make it to the gas station. Or you're afraid that you're going to have a car accident and you're not going to be wearing clean underwear. Because... I mean, if you're like me, your mom always told you, make sure you got clean underwear on. You could go to the hospital and be in an accident. <laughs> Surface fears, they're, they're really not that important. But you know what? The, the next level down is more significant and far more unsettling. I've heard these fears called subconscious fears, and we all have them. That are, there are things that are just right below the level that we worry about and we're afraid of, like the fear of failure or the fear of rejection, or the fear of abandonment, or the fear of losing control, or the fear of being found out, or the fear of not being adequate for the task. We all deal with those fears. Every one of us have dealt with those fears. Maybe it's something we've never verbalized. We've never told anyone about it, but that fear is there. But you know what? Those aren't your deepest fears. There is a deep level fear that I call the soul fear. And it's singular. It's in your soul. It is the tap root that all of these other fears come out of. It is the source of all fear. No matter how much you try to get rid of all these other fears, until you deal with the tap root, it's not going to work. And until you get healing at this deepest level of your life, you're still going to have problems for the rest of your life with all of these other fears. This is the gut level, taproot, granddaddy fear of them all. And it's where you need healing in your life today. What is it? Well, it deals with the deepest need that we have. You see, the deepest need in your life is to have God's love and God's forgiveness in your heart so it can drive out this deep level spiritual fear. And that's the deepest need that you have in life. And that's why perfect love casts out fear. 
until this issue is resolved, you're going to be tormented with fear. Listen to what John said again in verse 18. He said, fear involves torment. And we know that's true. Being afraid of things torments us. It drives us crazy. And as I read this passage and thought about this, it it dawned on me that this is the tool of the devil. In the book of Genesis, when, when man sinned against God and he abandoned that close relationship with, with the Lord and there was sin that was wedged between man and God, Satan took advantage of that. And in man's heart, where God's love belongs, Satan stuck in fear. And for ages, he has been tormenting people with that fear. John goes on to say in verse 18, He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now doesn't that make sense? If fear is reigning in your life, it's because God's love is not there. Fear and love cannot exist in the same life or heart. And so if you have fear in your life, it's because you don't have the peace of God in your life. And you'll never have the peace of God until you have peace with God and you allow His love to come into your life. Only God can do that. Only God can love you as much as you really need to be loved. And I can tell you something about God's love. It's the greatest thing in the world. God's love is consistent. God loves you every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every year of your life. God has always loved you. There's never been a time in your life when God didn't love you. You know what? That's not true of anybody else. Only God can love you as deeply as you really need to be loved. And if you don't try to to get that from God, and if you don't receive that from God, if you're trying to get this from other people, what only God can give you, you're going to be gravely disappointed and massively let down. Only God can give this kind of love to you. And if you never get to know God, or if you just have a religious belief about God, or if you've been away from this close relationship to God, you're going to have to deal with those fear issues for the rest of your life. Because you've never dealt with the source, the taproot. So you must accept God's love. And if you don't get to know God, there is going to be this giant, great, gaping cavern in your soul. And that hole is going to be filled up with fear because you don't have God's love in it. Only God can love you enough to fill up the hole that is in your heart. So the first step is to accept God's love for myself because where God's love is, there is no fear. And guys, this is the message of Easter. God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to this world to die on a cross and to shed his blood to forgive you of your sins. He was buried in a tomb, but three days later he arose as victor of death in the grave to give you power to live. That's where our power is. There's where our hope is. So you need to accept the love that God is offering you today. The foundation for no fear living is B, you believe that Christ died and rose from the dead for you. Not that he just died and rose, but that he died and rose for me. 
He died and rose for you. You know, it's, it's one thing to believe about something. It's another thing to believe in something. It's one thing to believe about a person. It's another thing to believe in a person. People say all the time, I believe there's a God. Well, so what? <laughs> Big deal. Do you think that's going to put you in the book of life just because you believe there's a God? Well, it's not. The Bible says even the devil believes there's a God, but you're not going to find him in heaven. It takes more than just head knowledge. It's not just believing about. It's believing in. The Greek word for believe means to trust in, to cling to, to rely on, to adhere to, to sell out, to commit to. I believe in Jesus Christ. I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ. That's why I'm a Christian. Why? It's because I committed my life to him. It's kind of like this stool, and there it is. I don't have this stool up here again. Man, I did this first service. You'd think I'd learn after the first service and not have to walk over here and get this stool. You know, I can take this stool over here and I look at this stool, and I can say, I believe that that stool will hold me up if I sit in it. I've sat in one of these and they've collapsed before. But anyway, I, it kind of ruins my illustration. But, you know, I can say that all day. I believe that stool would hold me up. But until I come over here and do this, it's just all talk. I say I believe it could be. You know what? When I sit on the thing, I'm putting my faith in it. I'm trusting in it. That is faith in action. And that's really what Easter is all about. You've got to believe. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. You say, well, if I believe in Jesus, what, what difference is it going to make? Well, let me tell you, it totally changes everything. There are a lot of benefits, but let me just name one of them because it's what Easter is about. If you believe that Jesus is who he said he was, if you believe what Jesus says about the future is true, about salvation and forgiveness, and you trust in Him and put your faith in Him, and then you believe what He says about heaven, then you can stop being afraid of death. What a huge benefit. That's the good news of Easter. I like what Hebrews chapter 2 says about this. Through his death, he destroyed the power of the devil. There that old devil is again, who has the power of death. Jesus did this to make us free from the fear of death. We no longer need to be chained to this fear. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The, the chains that bind us to the fear of death can be broken. Now, I know people don't like to talk about death. They don't even like to think about death. They don't even like to hear the word death. You're a little nervous about it right now. Why is that? Well, one, a lot of people don't know what's going to happen after they leave this earth, and that makes them afraid. Number two, they're just not ready to meet God. Let me tell you, that can scare you. I'm not bragging, but let me just tell you from my heart, I'm not afraid to die. I am not afraid to die. I've known God a long time. 
Some of you have known God a long time. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is my friend. He is my Savior. And when I die, I'm going to go to heaven to be with Him. I mean, that's a promotion. I'm not afraid of that. That's going to be great. I'm not going to have to deal with stinking people anymore. <laughs> go to heaven be with Jesus. You need Jesus in your life, friend. You need to believe in Jesus. You need to have a relationship to God. You need Him in your life today. You need to believe in Him right now. And you think you know what I'm about to say. You think that I'm about to say you need Jesus in your life because you're going to die. You might die tonight. I'm not going to say that. Because you know what? Here's the deal. Chances are you're not going to die tonight. Problem is you're going to live tomorrow. And you need this power that comes from God, the resurrection power, to live life. But you know what? You are going to die. It's appointed unto men to die. You will die. It's inevitable. So why not get ready for it? I mean, if you know something is coming, doesn't it make sense to prepare for it and be ready for it? So you need to believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible says whoever believes in Jesus will not be disappointed. People ask me all the time, well, what's heaven going to be like? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know all of what heaven is going to be like, but I, can, I probably can guarantee you that you're not going to have wings. I can't find a verse in the Bible that says we're going to develop wings like angels after we die and go to heaven. And you're probably not going to sit on clouds and play a harp. Even though every commercial on TV that you see about heaven has a guy sitting on a cloud playing a harp, you know? You got these white robes, you got these clouds, you got these harps, you got these wings. I'm going to have to step over here when I say this. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty boring to me. Y'all aren't being real with me. Come on, doesn't that sound boring? I'm just not a harp kind of guy, all right? I don't, I don't get into harps, you know? That's just not my gig. I, 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 don't think, you know, I just don't think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But you know what? Here's what I do know. It took God seven days to make the earth, and there's a lot of fun things to do down here. I'm not talking about evil things or sin. I'm talking about good, clean fun. You can have fun. I had fun yesterday. Unlike you, I'm having fun right now. He did it in seven days. You know, God's been working on heaven for centuries. Can't even imagine how much fun we're going to have up there. Like one preacher said, just think of, of yourself as a little canary. You've spent your entire life in this, in this little cage, and all you've had in this little cage is, is a little plate of food. There's a little bar that you can kind of stand on, a mirror you can look at, and all around you are these bars that have imprisoned you. But one day, some nice old lady takes you to the jungle, and she opens the gate of that cage, and she lets you out in this jungle. There are mountains and trees everywhere. There are beautiful waterfalls. And there are thousands and thousands of other birds tweeting and having fun and having a great time. 
You, you think that little bird is going to be bored? Not a chance. And neither are we. The Bible says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. Folks, you can't even imagine how wonderful heaven is going to be. God guarantees you're not going to be disappointed. But you've got to believe. You get that? You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. That is the foundation for no fear living. You accept his love, you believe in him, and then see, you commit your fears and your life to Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3, 14 and 15, Don't be afraid of anyone and don't worry, but reverence Christ in your heart and honor him as Lord. It says don't worry. Don't be afraid of other people. Have reverence for Christ in your heart, and then you honor him as Lord of your life. I want to talk just for a moment about that word Lord. It's not a word that we use a whole lot around here. We don't have lords and ladies and counts in America. This is a democracy. So, so what does it mean to be Lord? It says honor Christ as Lord. Well, it means you make him manager of your life. You let him be the boss of your life. You let God call the shots. You let him be the chairman of the board of your heart. You allow him to reign as president of your life. You say, God, you're number one. You let him sit on the throne of your life. That's what it means to honor him as Lord. You just let God be God. You know what? If you really make Christ Lord of your life then he becomes the only person, ultimately, that you have to please. Really, think about that. Do you think that might simplify your life a little bit? Do you think it might reduce the stress? Do you think that might release the tension if you weren't trying to gain the approval of 50 other people, but instead you focused on only one person knowing that if you do everything he tells you to do, it's always going to be the right thing to do? That makes a lot of sense. And so you commit your life to Christ. You not only commit your life to him, you commit your worries to him. And your fears. I love that verse in the Bible that says, Cast all your cares, all your worries, all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. So, last little illustration. I want you to imagine this huge garbage can in front of you, a big garbage bag. And what you're doing, you're casting all of your fears and all of your worries into that big, huge garbage bag. You just dump all of your fears, all of your worries, anxieties, and cares into that big garbage bag. You lift it up, you tie it together, you throw it out on the street, and the garbage truck from heaven comes by and picks it up, hauls it off. And all of a sudden, you're free from all that junk. Now, wouldn't that be great? But God says, do it. Trust me in this. Cast your worries on me because I love you. Now, understand the word cast. It can mean two different things. 
one way you can use the word cast is just like I talked about. You can cast all of these things at the feet of Jesus and leave them there. Or you can be like a fisherman, and you can cast your line out, but then what does a fisherman do after he casts it out there? Come on. Wake up. He reels it back in. And boy, isn't that the way some of us live life. We cast it out there to the Lord, but before it hits his feet, we reel it back in because we want to live in misery a little bit longer. You need to let it go. Let God be God because you're not. Resign as general manager of the universe and let God do his work. The world doesn't depend on you or me. It depends on God. God is God and you are not. And as long as you try to be God, your life is going to be filled with fear and you're going to be tormented. Again, there's a God-shaped vacuum in each one of us. Nothing else can fill it up. And if you don't fill it up with God's love, it is going to be filled up with fear. Then you wonder why you're stressed out all the time and why you worry all the time and why you're uptight all the time and why things never seem to go the right way or the way you think they ought to go. Well, nothing else can substitute for God. It, nothing else matters, man. It, it really doesn't matter how much human affirmation you get. It doesn't matter how many awards that you accumulate on your shelf or how many achievements you get or how many promotions that you receive. Nothing can substitute for God's love in your life. The message of Easter, he came out of an empty tomb to fill your empty life. And he wants to fill it with God's love. There is no fear in love. So why don't today, why don't today you lay this foundation for no fear living and you accept God's love? He's offering it to you. It is a free gift. All you have to do is receive it. And why don't this morning... You believe in Jesus, his son. The only way you're going to make it to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to believe in his name. And then see, commit everything to him. Commit your life to him. Commit your fears to him. Commit your family to him. You give him everything. And you know what happens then? The same power that it took to raise Jesus out of the grave is going to be in your life. And you're going to have power over fear, over the devil, over death, and over the grave. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with my friends this morning as they come face to face with their greatest fear. And I pray they would open the door of their heart and allow the love of God to come into their life and drive out all of that fear. Lord, there's someone here today that needs to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior.